Stand with me. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. And right before we pray, if you can turn with me to your Bibles, to Luke chapter 14, Luke's gospel, chapter number 14. Luke chapter number 14, verses 28 through verse 32. And it reads, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the costs, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, and all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. Pray with me. Father, I thank you this morning, God, for your word. Father, we stand in awe of you this morning, God, because your word, the entrance of your word brings light. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word, Father God, it helps us, it strengthens us, it encourages us, and at times it sharpens us. Your word, Father, you said heaven and earth will pass away, but when, when all the smoke clears and everything else is finished, he said, your word will stand forever. So, God, we understand this morning that your word is power. Your word is life-changing. Your word is forever. And so, God, we recognize that this morning, and we humble our hearts this morning to hear what thus saith the Lord. Father, as my custom, I pray that you would empower me, Lord, to be able to speak the words of the Lord, Father, without interference and without hindrance. I pray that you would give me good continuity of thought, that my mind will be sharp and free of distractions, that, Father, I pray that the atmosphere will be set, and that, Father, your people will be able to hear, Father, what the Spirit is saying to the church. It's what the Spirit is saying, Father, is what we're after. And so, God, we love you and we praise you for what you are about to teach us today by the power of your Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated in the Lord's presence. I, uh, we're continuing our series, and I believe uh, that this is the last installment of teamwork. How many of you have, have enjoyed the series? Um, what I want you to do, if you haven't gotten all of the messages, you can certainly go online uh, we have made them available to you uh, because I truly believe that we have been sharing principles that I think are life-changing. And I certainly think that these principles is going to propel us as a people to the next level. As we learn to work together as a team, as we learn the importance of being who God called us to be, 
uh, in this time and in this generation. How many know that people are looking for the real deal? People are looking for truth. People are looking for people who say who they are. They mean what they say and they do what they say. And they are a people that are committed to what they say. And so this process of teamwork, these series of messages have been very, very uh, powerful, especially even for me. As I stand and I teach, oftentimes before I bring a word to you, the Lord would take some time and deal with me. And it's not always pleasant, but, uh, but I thank the Lord for his word, and I thank the Lord for this series. And so uh, today, I want to talk to you this morning about the subject. We're still continuing in our series, Plan Your Success. Say that with me. Plan your success. Say it real loud. Plan your success. Now, how many of you love the NFL? That's it? I mean, no woo, no why, no. That's okay, I'll take that. It's raining outside, what can we say? Um, I, I get excited. I love all sports, as I've said before, but I particularly love the NFL. And uh, I love seeing the best of the best compete. You know, you think about those NFL players that from the time that they're youth, and some of them in diapers, they're learning how to play football. And they've actually grew up dreaming someday that they will be an NFL player. Now, the odds of being an NFL, NFL player for most people is almost slim to none. And so when we witness these people, they come through college, they, they come through high school, they come through college, and, and, and then they get to the pro level. Uh, it's absolutely amazing of the skill sets that they have, the speed. Uh, I've even had people who say to me, uh, people that I know who are NFL football players and who transition from college into the pros, how they talk about how much faster the game is at that level. And, but you know what's interesting to me is that no matter how gifted they are, no matter how hard they can hit, how many know NFL football players can hit? <laughs> no matter how hard they hit, no matter how fast they are, the coaches just don't release them and say, go out and play every week. They have this thing every week where they have to plan and strategize. And what I mean by that is that every single week, the players have come to even ask for and demand a game plan. Everybody say a game plan. Because one, one sense, you can think that, yeah, they can go out, they can perform. They don't need a game plan. Hey, what, after all, we know our plays. We know how to hit. We know how to tackle. Let me just go out there and play. But they never do that. You know what happens? All the coaches get together, right? The defensive coordinator the offensive coordinator, the running backs coach, the special teams coach, and all of them get together, right? And you know what they, and they all discussed, all the coaches discussed a game plan. Their plan for the game, the, the, the plan is going to, to help them to get to their ultimate goal, which is what? To win, all right? But they need that plan because how many know the situations and circumstances change in life? And so, Without a game plan, more than likely they won't win. And so what do they do? They sit down and they all come together. The coaches come together. They come up with a game plan and they set the players down and they say, look, everybody now must know their part. Everybody must understand the game plan. Everybody must understand this because if we're going to take it to the next level, if we're going to win the football game, you have to know your opponent. You have to come up with some kind of plan. It's amazing to me how many believers don't really understand the power of a plan. Because 
I really believe this, and I say this more so for myself, but I've been in this thing for a while, so it's probably applicable to you in some shape or form, that for some reason, when, when salvation comes to us, it means retirement of our brains. And what do I mean by that is that how many of you have heard the phrase and read it and heard it, the just shall live by faith? We've taken that to mean Christians, We've taken that to mean, then, you know, I don't really need to develop a plan. I just need to just trust God. I just need to just really just believe God. And, and, you, know, and you know, I used to have this crazy idea when I first wanted to start planting a church. I, I used to have this crazy idea because I've always been one of those guys. I just love the word. I just love studying the word. I love reading the Bible. And for me, you know, a, a, a good church planner, man, all you need to do is know how to read the Bible, know the word. And know how to pray. That's it. How I many you know it takes a whole lot more than that to build a church? You see, I want my assignment this morning from the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Ghost, is to, is to help you to understand that a plan is your friend. A plan is your friend. Because what you and I must understand is that God blesses a plan. Say that with me. God blesses a plan. One more time. God blesses a plan. It's amazing to me that, uh, and I've talked to some, some wonderful men and women of God who pastors large churches, and one of the things that I've seen with them is that all of them, and, and you know, all of them, uh, they, they, they have this they have a plan. They, they have a sense of purpose and a, and a sense of direction. How many know that the success is not an accident? I'm going to say that again because some of you may not can catch that. Because I'm going to break up some of your old theological thinking about some things. Success is not an accident. How many know that Tiger Woods is a great golfer? Amen? Amen. But it wasn't an accident. But Tiger Woods was born to golf. Well, Tiger Woods just didn't come out of the womb swinging the golf club and he was a great golfer. How many know he had to develop a plan, a regiment, an activity, something in order to better himself so that he can do what he needed to do? People who own big companies and CEOs, how many know that if you, if you wanted to write a book, for an example, you go to a publisher, say to the publisher, you know what? I, you know, I love the Lord. You know, I love the Lord. And, and you know, I, I want to write this book. I just got this thing in my heart. You know, I just, I just you know, and the first thing the publisher is going to say, where's your manuscript? I, you know, I just, I'm believing God at some point. No, 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 where's your maze? What, what, what you got? <laughs> I mean, no, you got to offer God something. Amen. You got to offer God something. And it's an old additive. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same result. How many know that nothing ever changes until you start doing some things on purpose. And if you want to be successful in life, if we're going to be a successful team, how many know you need to lay out a plan? I'm amazed and I am awestruck with how many people who love the Lord, but they're totally disorganized. Totally disorganized. And, and, and how many know that the Bible is clear that the God, the Bible says God blesses order. Amen. God blesses order. The Bible, Paul said, let everything be done in decency and in order. Your God is a God of order. God is so bad. 
meaning good, bad. That when God formulated the heavens and the earth and he formulated you, he thought about everything. How many know that Jesus just didn't show up? God planned Jesus all the way back when Adam and Eve blew it. God already had a plan for your redemption. So you ought to clap right there because you're saved today. God, you ought to clap, and I won't go forward until you clap. What's wrong with y'all? Talking about the king who saved you. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. How do we know that, that all the way back then, God had a plan? And God has planned every single minute portion of my, I mean, just to, to study the, the complexities of the human mind and the body is absolutely amazing. And you begin to think about God and you say, man, God is, God is, God is, he's awesome. God is a planner. And how many know you're made in his image? You're made in his likeness. And so many, too many of us, we never, ever get to the next level because, watch this, you don't have a plan. I hear young people say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a policeman. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a whatever. Okay, then what are you doing? What do you have in place to get there? Y'all talk back to me. What do you have in place? See, see a goal is where you want to end up, Right? Your goal, your vision, my destination is here. But my plan is what gets me there. If you can have a goal all day long, but if you don't develop a plan over here, you won't travel to your goal. You will stay stuck where you are. Are you tracking with me this morning? So I got to do some work this morning. I got to convince you that you need to have a plan and that God is okay with that. In fact, I've come to realize in my my very short 48 years on this planet, that until you come to a place where you offer God some kind of a plan, you know, and we'll talk about this verse here in a moment. You know, the Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. dead. Your, most people's faith is dead on arrival because they have no plan. It's, it's, how many know you just can't talk faith? When you really believe God, how many know something happens? You give something, you do something, you formulate something if you want to make it happen. Success is not an accident, even in the kingdom. And I know that some of you, you've been taught just like me, you've been taught, man, all you need to do is just trust God, and we just kind of believe that God will do everything. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you a question. How many of you got some debt? Amen. Yeah. Uh, how many of you say you've been trusting God to get rid of your debt? Amen. How's that working for you? You come to church, shout hallelujah, praise God. Oh, Jesus. Go home, still in bondage. You know why? Because if you don't develop a plan to get out of debt, more than likely you ain't getting out of debt. You can sit there all day long and say, what are you waiting for? Until you develop a plan, watch this, people. Until you develop a plan, you will stay more than likely where you are. Ain't nothing going to change until you change. How many know that's the truth? I, and how many know you can trust God with a plan? It's okay to, God wants you to trust him. I trust God. I believe God. I pray and do all of that. But here's what I've, under, I've, I've grown to know and understand that it takes more than just you just praying and just believing God. 
Some of you, your, your faith is being shaken right now. I'm going to take you to the Word. I want to show you what the Bible says. Because if I can show it to you from the Word, it'll change your life. Young people, y'all better listen up because you all got some goals. How many, how many know that a plan will shape you? A plan helps set you on a particular course, amen? When you got a plan, how many know there's some things you do, there's some things you don't do because you're being restricted and you're being confined by a plan, by something God is doing in your life. There's some places I will never go because I know how God wired me and I know what God has called me to do. And so understand that I have a plan for my life and I'm just not, just not willy-nilly, I don't know how to say willy-nilly it. How many Christians just kind of go through life just kind of, woo-hoo-hoo, I'm just trusting God. And here's what the world say. The world say this. Can, I be, can we talk this morning? Amen. Can we be honest? The, the, world, the world, like you say, that Christians sometimes, they, 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 they're not too bright. They say, they say that about the church. They say that about you and me. They say, Christian, man, they, they, they're, they're not too bright. Because, because what they see is, what they see is the people that just kind of sit back and say, believe God just to rain it out of the sky. How many of you have been walking down the road and there's been a million dollars fall out of the sky? Talk to me. How many of you have seen that? I know you got an occasional check in the mail because you overpaid in some taxes and you said, God bless you. Okay, if that's it. It don't work that way. It doesn't work that way, people. The just shall live by faith does not absolve us from the responsibility of developing the plan. You have creative genius on the inside of you. You. God did not save you so that you can put your brain on retirement. Some of you need to resurrect your brain and get busy. And stop keep saying what you're going to do and begin to develop a plan to make something happen. Somebody say amen. amen. Now look at Luke chapter 14, our, our, our foundational text. I won't get through all of this message, but I don't care no more. I'm just going to go for it. Can we just go for it this morning? All right, go for it. I, I don't, don't, that's a dangerous thing to say to a pastor. All right, watch this. In Luke chapter 14, verse number 28, now watch what Jesus says. Now, let me, let me I want to do justice to the text, amen? I don't want to take the text out of context. And so let me explain to you what this text is about. This particular passage of scripture is about discipleship. Jesus is basically saying in this particular passage that if, if you want to follow after me, he who wants to give his life to me, he who wants to be my disciple must count the cost. Everybody say count it. That's what he's saying. So this whole, so the destination of this verse is about discipleship. Now, but embedded within the text of the verse is a principle of planning that we can easily overlook it if we don't see it. Jesus says this, watch this. He says, now, now so for which of you intending to build a tower, watch this now, does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it. Can I interpret that a little bit more? For, what Jesus is really saying there is, what, look, look can, I, can I do that ghetto style? Can y'all allow me a little grace? What fool would sit down and say that he's going to build a tower without first figuring out if he got what he needs? How are you going to build, how are you going to build something you haven't sit down and, and develop a plan? Or let's take it a step further. He says, watch this, verse 29. Uh, verse, verse, uh, let's look at verse 20, uh, da, 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 29. Let's, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, and all who see it begin to mock him, watch this, saying, this man began to finish to build and was not able to finish. 
Or, look at verse 31. Or what king going to make war against another king <laughs> does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Now, you understand what he's saying there, right? Jesus said, now, now look, if you're going to go to war, you need to understand your enemy. You need to have a plan. He said, what man or what woman, who in their right mind will go into war to fight an enemy with no plan? No plan of attack. No plan. How many know that, that our nation's military, which is the finest on the planet, I guarantee you that before they go into any battle, you know what they've already done? Amen. They have strategized. They got a plan of attack. How many know that when you don't have a plan, how many know when you, how many know when you don't have a plan of attack and you're just kind of walking around, oh, you know, you like to get shot? See, there's a lot of Christians, watch this, there's too many guys, people, that just kind of walk in there. I believe God, just walking right in this in hot fire, right in the hot zone. Getting shot. Now, why am I getting shot? Why am I getting shot? Because how many know that when you have a plan, you can see things. You can understand things. You've thought about some things. You've, you've problem solved. You've figured some things out. And, and the enemy, oftentimes the enemy, when I say the enemy, I'm specifically talking about Satan. And if you don't understand that Satan is against you, he's attacking you, then you got another thing coming. You are under spiritual warfare. You must understand that. And watch this. Even Satan is smart enough to have a plan. You know Satan has plans Amen. against you? Satan. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 11, I don't have to turn, you don't have to turn there, but Ephesians 6, 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. So how many of you know that the, that, the, that, the, that the enemy, he got some plots against you? He has a plan. And how many of God's people walk around every day don't really have a clue because we, re watch this, we refuse to think. We refuse to strategize. We refuse to sit down and just kind of understand, okay, what's happening here? How do I get out of this situation? How many know when you sit down and you think things through and you think it over and you develop a plan, more than likely you're going to have a level of success. You know why? Because you've, you've developed a plan. You've foreseen some things. And let me tell you something. God will reveal himself quickly in plans. When you make a plan, God will reveal himself quick. Trust me. You sit down one day and say, well, Lord, I, I need to get out of this situation. You sit down one day, you pray, you pray, you see God, and watch this. You sit down and you pray, you see God, and, and, and let me tell you something. God will show up quick in your plan because God blesses the plan. He don't bless, watch this. It ain't about just you just walking around saying, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. No, baby, you got to sit down and strategize. How many know you're in a war? How many know you are warring against spirits and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places? How many know you need to have, you need to have some understanding about what you're dealing with? If we're going to have a level of success. So watch this. So the Bible also said, I, I echo this earlier, say with me, but the Bible also said that faith without works is what? Dead. So I understand that faith without works is dead. So, so my, my works or my lack of works or my faith is dead because, because I haven't done anything. He said, your faith, 
I want you to think about that. Get that into your spirit. That's, that's uh, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. He says, faith without works is dead. It don't mean nothing. So some of us right now, I, I, I guarantee you, watch this. You hear this message, and it'll change. if you apply these principles, you'll go out of here. You'll never be the same. Let me tell you why. Because you'll start making some plans, and you'll start seeing your life change right before you. You know, and one of the things that bother me so much, I get so upset about it. And some of you, I don't know, some of y'all subscribe to this kind of way of thinking, but that's, you know, I'll just tell you what I believe. But, you know, when the preacher gets on TV, he tells people, and I'm okay, I believe that you should sow in faith and you should believe God when you give. No question about that. I mean, we, we are faith people. But, you know, it is, it is bad theology to tell people, just sow $1,000 and your debt going to just go away. Let me tell you something. If you're doing the same thing that you've always been doing and you haven't changed, you're going to still stay in debt. You're going to be $1,000 less. And people all the time get tricked. They get duped. They listen to these preachers on TV. They tell them that. And they start giving their money. But they have not disciplined themselves. Oh, just give $1,000 and, and, and all your debt. This is a debt cancellation offering. I'm just saying that's what they say. I go, boop. Turn them right off. Because it's fake. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. Some truth in that. How many know that God blesses stewardship? Amen. God blesses discipline. Amen. God, the Bible says that there's coming a point in time when Jesus is going to say to us, give an account for your stewardship. How you handle what God gives you, we're going to have to be accountable for what we did with it. And we can't blame, oh, it was this. It was, some of us have, have unfortunate situations that happens. I understand that. But for some of us, we're never going to get more until we learn how to be faithful with what we got. Never. It ain't going to happen. Why would God do that? It's totally against his character. I mean, everything that he teaches us, why would he give you more if you haven't learned to be faithful with what you got? You ever notice that a person that wins the lottery, that they win 15, 500, a, a billion dollars, and then they're broke in two years? How, how can you do that? We look at these people in the NFL who make all this money. Man, you made 270. How can you be broke? How can you be broke? Tell you how you because stewardship. Don't know how to handle your resources and not a good steward over what you got. And so you have no plan. So what do you do? You just go and you just spend whatever makes whatever I see. How many know your eyes is big a lot of time than what you can afford anyway? I'm, oh, I'm gonna preach this. I'm gonna come right. I'm coming right to your address. Come on, somebody. Come on. You know how to lust you because most of us, the whole thing is set up. The whole system is rigged. It's rigged to pull you in. That's why they send you them credit card bills. And you, some of us get the credit. Oh, this is a blessing from God. 50% 50, 50 interest. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I got, I got, I got the bless. People do that. I'm telling you. They, they get a credit card and they get accepted. They get a loan and it's 50% interest. You know, talking about, the, you know, the Bible said that when God bless you, he has no sorrow with it. God do not bless you like that. That is a rip off. <laughs> Come on, the people of God ought to know better. Jesus said that the people of this world are wiser than the children of light. 
How many know it ain't right, people of God? Amen. Come on, we, got, we know better than that. We know better. We, we must understand that, that, that things don't work, that, that we are to be planners. We are to be people that, that understand the seasons and the time. We're not to flow like, and that's why the world looks at us and say, man, Christians, man, they're, they, they're not too bright. And, and, you know, and they just look at us and laugh at us. Because we just, oh, I just believe God. Oh, I just believe God. Believe God. But when you, while you believe, will you please develop a plan? Please. Mmm. Got really quiet in here. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 3, write this down. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Your, your works is your plan. Commit it to the Lord. And your thoughts will be established. So here's what I do when I'm wanting to develop a plan. Here's what you do. If you're going to develop a plan, and hopefully everybody here will develop a plan, whether it's a plan to, to get a house or a plan to, uh, uh, you know, to get out of debt or a plan for a career, whatever the situation might be, what you want to do is you want to always, here's, here's what you do. You commit it to the Lord. How do you commit it to the Lord? You keep the Lord involved. How many of you know that you don't make up the most? See, too many people of God's people, we make up a plan, and then we execute it, and then we tell God on the back end to bless it because we brought him in too late. And then we get mad at God because God ain't blessing. God, how can you, you let me get in this situation, God? But like, you ain't seek me. You just went on you because you lusted and you wanted it and you had to have it now. Commit your works unto the Lord and God will establish you. So in other words, here's what, here's what, here's what we're to do. We ought to take, when we're, when we're formulating our plan, we ought to sit down and we ought to take some time and pray and say, God, God, here's what I'm thinking, God. God, here's what I want to do. God, is it okay for me to do this, God? God, God, what do you think? God, show me if my plan is right. How many know that's committing it to the Lord? But don't just come up with a plan, wake up in the morning, sit down, strategize, and then say, okay, I got a plan. Then run in here and say, Pastor, please bless the plan. I'm going to say, well, did you seek the Lord? Well, you know, God has got a grace. Bless the plan. Did you seek the Lord? No. God, is he, he understands. I'm just human. Okay, you can be humanly broke. You can be humanly in trouble. Commit your works unto the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Let's keep going. So we have to have a plan. So y'all get this, right? Now watch this. <laughs> How many know that you're not serious about something until you write it down? A plan. You're not serious about, you know, we read last week in, in Habakkuk, right? We read in Habakkuk where it says, write the vision and make it plain. He said, write it. He said, don't just tell them, write it. Let me tell you something. You're not serious about really making a move until you write it down. How many of you would invest all of your resources in, some, in somebody who's just talking to you and you see no plan? How many of you would give hundreds and thousands of dollars to people, for an example, and you see no plan? Y'all hearing this this morning? Amen. Are y'all still hearing me? See, understand this thing. Stay with me. So you got to write it down. So if you're really serious about it, write it down. And, and here's the thing. You know why a lot of times we don't write a plan down? Can we be honest? We still talking? Are we still talking? We still loving each other in the Lord? 
I know the past couple of weeks I've been a little rough. I, I, I'm trying to get better with that. I don't want to be known as, I, you know, because I love you, but I got to tell you the truth. But, but, you, but, but, but you know, you know, we got to come to, see, here's the reason why we don't like, want to write a plan. Because, see, here's, let, me, let me say it this way. Society today would much rather pop pills, smoke crack, smoke marijuana, get drunk, spend hundreds of dollars on a psychologist instead of sitting down just developing a plan. We rather, people today, they rather do all of that because here's the reality is people don't want to look at the truth because people don't like restrictions. But let me tell you some confinement and restrictions is your blessing. When you think about it, you think, oh, I'm getting free. You ain't getting free when you got a credit card, you're paying 50% interest. You ain't free. I, just, I keep using that because I think that's the most, that's, that just brings it home for you. How I many know you're not really free in that kind of situation? You're not free in that. So, so the Bible talks about, in the Proverbs chapter 6, it talks about an ant, a sluggard. The Bible says, oh, sluggard, look at the ant. You know, even the ant's got enough sense to have a plan. They prepare their food and their stuff in the winter and the summer. The Bible says, look at the end. Go look at it. Proverbs chapter 6. You don't have to believe. Take my word for it. See, a lot of times, watch this. We're just sometimes, we're just too lazy to sit down and write a plan. That's the facts. We'd rather do all the other stuff instead of just take a day or two and sit down. So let me just sit down and figure this out. Let me just sit down and figure out how I'm going to do this. I want to start this business. Let me, let me sit down and figure this thing out, whether or not I'm going to make this huge purchase. I'm going to buy me a nice 60-inch plasma TV. See, I would like to have that, but I can't afford it. I can't. I would love to have it, but it ain't in the budget. But, you know, you go to some of these places like Best Buy and all these places, they would tell you, you can afford it. Oh, you can afford it. You got credit, baby. You can do this. And people just walk right in there and then wham. And then before you know it, you're in bondage. But see, people would rather be all stressed out than just sitting there and saying, let me, let, let me, let me think this thing through. Let me tell you something. When you, when you develop a plan, you get serious and you start writing things down, I mean, it will reveal truth. And here's the thing. A lot of us don't want to be confronted with the truth. Am I being, am I being honest this morning? Amen. You're looking at that and you're thinking, no, I don't want to do that because I ain't trying to, no, no, no. I really like what I'm doing this. And, and you know that you're looking at the situation, you probably should cut back, do something. But, but, but part of you said, I want it now. And, and let me tell you something, I want it now will keep you in bondage for a number of years. Amen. Take it from a person that have experienced it. Let me tell you something, it will keep you in bondage. How many know that's a trick of the enemy? And when you're in bondage, how many know you can't do the work of the Lord? You can't give like you want to. You can't be a blessing like you want to. You can't do anything like you want to because, because the enemy has tricked you. But how many know we're smarter than that? And we're putting the enemy on notice this morning. So if you're serious about doing something, young people, if you're serious about saying that you want to do what you want to do, write down the plan. If you don't write down the plan, you're not serious. If we don't have a plan... If you don't have a plan about what you want to do, I don't care what it is you want to do, write down a plan. I said before, debt cancellation offerings don't really work. There might be a couple of people you'll find that have some good fortune. They might hit the lottery. But let me, can I just give you an alert? Your chance of hitting the lottery is pretty slim to none, zero. You, probably, you shouldn't be playing lottery anyway if you're a Christian, in my opinion. I have to say that because, but see, in some circles today, they preach, okay, they're all the church, they go play the lottery. I'm just saying it sends the wrong message because we're not, it's not about getting rich quick for us. It's about stewardship. Amen. It's about stewardship. It's about being responsible with the money that God gives me. 
And I'm not just going to throw it away like that. Come on, somebody. See, I just, I just, thought, I just stepped on a couple of toes. Okay, so what are the benefits of having a plan? Y'all still with me? What are the benefits of having a plan? I'm just teaching you, you know, some practical things here. What are the benefits? Number one, it lowers your stress level. How many of you got, got stress right now? <laughs> you know, I found out this to be true in my own life. You know, when you have a plan, when you develop a plan to do something, that even something God's put in your heart, it's amazing that when you really sit down and you develop a plan, how that your ability to be able to see where you're going and see when you're coming out of it, it lowers your stress level. There are some people that are all over the place. They're being controlled and pulled by situations and circumstances, and they have no control in life. That they're just, every day they get up, they're just being yanked here, yanked there, yanked here, yanked there. No control. Because you lack a plan. So how many know if you got a plan, it'll keep you. And, and watch this. It'll lower your stress level. How many know that if you can see something, you can see your way out of something? The reason why a lot of people are in stress, because it's just a live by faith thing, you know. We, just, we don't know how it's going to happen, but we just believe in God. Okay, I understand that. Keep believing God. But, but how many know you, you need to develop something? You need to be able to see your way out of it. If you can see your way out of a situation, how many know your stress level is going to go down? Because I can see I'm coming out of this. Things are getting better. I just, I just looked at my situation, but how many know we got to be honest with ourselves, right? And for some of us, we're going to sit down. It's going to be like whatever it is you want to make a plan to do. I mean, you got to be honest with where you are in relation to where you want to go. You got to be honest with yourself. All right? So it lowers stress level. How many of you can use your stress level going down? Amen. I don't know about you, but I love less stress. Then start planning some things. Start writing some things down. Start putting some restrictions on yourself. And watch how God works. You want to start worry? Write a plan. You know where worry oftentimes comes from? Just, I don't, know how, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I have no, I see no way out. Oh, God, what am I going to do? Just sit down, get before the Lord, and get your pen and start writing. That, that was easy right there. That ain't going to cost you no money, right? Well, it actually, it will cost you in the long run. Number two, you can measure success. How many know when you have a plan, you can, you can look back over and you, you have a place of reference where you can go back and you can say, man, I'm making some progress right here. Well, how do you know you're making progress? Be, be, because I have a plan and, I'm, and these, these little things are happening and, 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 I'm, and I'm making some progress along the way. How many know the little victories along the way would give you great confidence? See, one of the reasons why I kept on, and I kept working out when I was, when I was really young, um, you know, your body changed, you know, so, I, you know, you know how it is. So I got a little older, so I got a little fatter, so you know how that works. But, but you know, um, but, you know, I used to, I used to, I, you know, I was really going to work out. And, and I remember when I first started lifting weights, and I, one day I looked up in the mirror, and I said, oh, man, phew, phew, ah, I got some muscle, man. Wow, look at this, Lou. Look at that. You know, things are happening. You know what happened to me? I got inspired to keep going. You know why? Because I saw some progress. I saw it was making a difference. So you know what? I, I increased it from 200 to 225. From 225 to 315 to 315 to four. I pastor used to lift that kind of weight. I don't do it now. But I used to get to a point I was lifting 425 pounds. And you know why? 
because I got inspired because I, I looked and I saw. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something. I was regimented about how it worked out. You know, how many, know, how many of you ever hired a personal nutrition or, uh, or not a, a personal trainer? How many know that when you hire one, I'm going to tell you the first thing they're going to do when they, they, they bring you in, they're going to say, okay, let's sit down, let's develop a plan. The first thing they're going to say, okay, you got to work out this time, this is how much you got to do, this is how much you got to eat. And most people, they'll start with that, and they'll be like, I ain't going to keep going. No, 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 no. Listen, even if you make a little progress, a little progress is better than no progress. But if you don't have a plan, how do you, how do you know you're making progress along the way? How do you know? You're guessing at it. And you're remaining where you are until you develop a plan. Number three. It motivates others around you to get involved. And particularly as we, we talk about responsibility, we talk about working as a team, as a church, as a people. How many know that people get motivated when they see somebody with a plan and a vision? How many know what I'm talking about? When people see that you have a plan and they see that you have a vision, how many know it motivates other people around you? Parents, if you want your kids to get a load of this, then, then, then maybe you need to sit down with the kids and say, I'm going to develop a plan. I want you to do like I do. How many know other people get motivated when they see that you have a plan, you have a vision, and watch this, and they will attract to you. But when they see that you're disorderly, when they see that you have no plan, when they see that, let me tell you something, it's a turnoff, not only to people, but it's a turnoff to God. That's what we're really talking about. God expects us to be, you know what the word discipleship means? One of the meanings of disciple is discipline. Discipline. Plain old, good old-fashioned discipline. Now, I know I might be stepping on a couple of toes this morning, got a little quiet, but, you know, keep going. You, how many know, you take this medicine, it's good for you. It'll help you. We'll all get help. Number four, it guards against compulsion and bad decisions. How many know you got a plan? It'll keep you from just doing crazy stuff. <laughs> It'll keep you from just going to the store or just making huge purchases without first sitting down and saying, wait a minute, can I afford this thing? I'm about to make this purchase. Let me sit down and think. I got this, I got that. I got can, I, can I have it? And this cost this, can I do it? No, what a, lot of us, what a lot of people do is they just say, here's what they do. I see that. I want it, and I'm going to buy it and just trust God that he's going to provide. That's laziness. In fact, that's an insult to the spirit of grace. It's an insult to the spirit of grace. How, how, where do we get that kind of thinking from, people? How do we get to that place that we think that, that okay, I'm just going to go do this, and I'm just going to trust God? Listen, there, there, let me tell you something. If you're going to do that, you better make sure that God spoke to you. You know, if you're going to take a big jump, you better get, you better have some kind of vision or something. I was sleeping. God woke me up. Something big. <laughs> but and for most of us, it just don't happen that way. So some of us are running all our life. Think about, and I want you to, so some of you who may be doubting me, so Pastor, I, I ain't receiving, I ain't receiving. Think about where you are right now. That's how I got to say, think about where you are. How many of those faith moves have we made? Again, let me ask you a question. How is this working for you? I'm not picking. I'm, I'm, all of us, we're in this thing together. Amen? Amen? 
So look, look, look. If, if, see, if I got a plan, it will structure. There's certain things. Look, I won't hang around certain people. There's certain things. How many know that the Tiger Woods probably ain't going to ever try to go play football, even playing, playing football? Amen. You know why? Because he's a golfer. And as a golfer, he ain't going to do anything that's going to jeopardize because he's got a plan where he wants to go. He wants to be the best golfer that ever played the game. Right? He wants to be the best golfer to ever play. So if he wants to be the best golfer ever, there are certain things, because he has a plan and he's very regimented, I guarantee you there are certain things that you would never see him doing. Well, I mean, we know he did some stuff, but, you know, and he suffered for that too, didn't he? You see, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. How many know that when you got a plan, it'll keep you from making com just, it just, just decisions that are just like you sit back yourself and say, how do I, how many of you have ever done something and sit back and say, how did I, how did I do that? Why, how do I get here? Why did I do that? How, let me tell you something, when you got a bold plan sitting right in front of you and you stick to it, you pray and you take that thing to God, you, that's how you commit your plan. You commit it to the Lord, then you pray and you stick to it and say, okay, God, this is what I'm doing. And let me tell you something, if you sit down and you develop a plan and what you want ain't in the cards, then you're going to have to either cut something back, you're going to have to do something, but, but trust me, if, 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 if you develop a plan and you see that it's not the way that you want it to be, then, 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 then you got to make some serious adjustments. How many know you just can't force the issue and think that things are going to turn around for you? Amen. Amen. We got to have a plan. We got to have a plan. And, and, and if you have a plan, you won't just make crazy decisions. You just won't do anything. You won't hang out any place. You won't go any place. Uh, you won't just be making purchases because today I feel like it. Y'all hear me joke all the time, for those who know me. Uh, I, I, was, I, had a, I, was, I probably should have got treatment. I mean, I was Mr. Compulsive. My wife used to like, hey, I'll be, I mean, I'll go out and say, honey, I'm going to run the grocery store. I'll come back with a big TV. When we talk about it, oh, I did, you know, I, just, I, was, I, just, I was just like that. I mean, I come out, my wife used to have to talk to me all the time because I just, you know, I kind of, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and then I just kind of said, well, I love the Lord, and the Lord will provide. God will provide for me. So I could, and, and God, after all, God want me to have it. And that's how we convince ourselves. God want me to have it. I mean, I work hard for this. God want me to have it. Yeah, God wants you to have it without the headache. He wants you to be blessed. See, this is the kind of teaching that you don't hear a lot about because people rather tell you to just stay in bond. They want to just, but see, I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Okay? This is the truth. You, God has given, the Bible says in all your getting, get understanding, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. So that means that we're, we're, the Bible says we're supposed to be wise and smart. If you're a child of God here this morning, you are wise. You got wisdom down on the inside of you. Don't fall into that kind of way of thinking. Amen? Watch this. Uh, it helps you to uh, watch this. What, what number are we? Uh, oh, gosh, I got to finish. I got a couple of minutes. See, y'all always make me talk longer than I want to talk. All right, number five. Keeps everybody on the same page, right? How many know that when, you know, in your home, you, you want unity, right? Ain't nothing worse than, honey, um, why'd you do that? <laughs> you just spent, well, how'd you do that? How many know when you sit down and you develop a plan, it keeps everybody on the same page, reading from the same sheet of music? And we're all reading from the same sheet of music. Life's going to be a whole lot better for us, isn't it? Right? 
because we all read it from the same, see the music. So, so a plan keeps us focused. It keeps all of us on the same page. See, that's, see and you'll be hearing, I, can, I won't be able to go into it today. I thought I could, but I won't be able to go into our sermon, our, our plan here. But there, be, there are going to be some, some changes. How many of you love change? Y'all love change? Oh, oh, hallelujah. That's good. Usually people don't like change, man. You start talking about some change. We're going to make some changes in FC. I mean, changes for the better. We're going to be rolling out some things for this year. I'm telling you, it's going to be off the hook good. I'm telling you, it's going to be like, but it's going to stretch all of us. It's going to stretch all of us. We're going to be better. We just got to get better. You know why we got to be better? Because we're reaching for higher. And that means that we got to change the way we do things. We got to change who we are. We just got to get better. How many know we owe God that much? Now watch this. So which one are we? So number six, it helps address potential problems. How many know that if you have a plan, then more than likely if you thought, you've thought about some things, amen, and you've been able to offset potential problems down the road. You know why a lot of people walk into problems? Because they didn't give it any forethought. See, good planners are people that, <laughs> you know, and I'm saying this because this is an area in my life I got to get better at. Let me just first say that to each and every one of you. This is an area I got to get better in. Because I'm just, I'm kind of compulsive in nature, and some of you may be the same way, but 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 that's all the more important for you to sit down and develop a plan because you need some parameters. It's all the more important that you do that. And so so having a plan helps address the potential problems. You'll be able to see things down the road before it happens. You know why? Because you've already thought about it. You've already processed it, and because you gave it some thought, and because you saw it, how many know that that, that you're going to make a better decision? You're going to make a better decision because you already planned for it. You saw it. And a lot of, you might have said earlier that God will show up when you make plans. God will show up when you sit down and decide you want to do a plan. You want to really hear God? Get before God in private. Just you, your wife, by yourself. Find yourself a mountain. I love the Shenandoah. You ever been to the Shenandoah? Go to Shenandoah. Find yourself a little rock and just sit there with you and God and pray and seek the Lord and then write down a plan. Write down the plan, and I guarantee you, God will show up big time. How do you want God to show up? Amen. God will show you some things. And, and, and here's the thing, though. You may not like what he shows you. God may show you some things. You may not, I, I, I don't want to do that. But you got to be honest with where you are. You're never going to reach your goal until you develop a plan. Number seven. We only got eight of these, and we're, we're done. We're more likely to prosper if we have a plan. Proverbs 21.5, write this verse down. This is a great verse. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. See, the plans. This is a new living, I know this is not living, new living translation. This is just a new King James version. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. But everyone who is hasty, surely to poverty. So we're more likely to prosper if we have a plan. He said the plans of the diligent, not the ideas of the diligent, not the hope, but the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. How I many know that ought to be inspiration right there to come up with a plan? And number eight, here's the biggest one of all why you need to develop a plan. God blesses a plan. In the New Translation, New, New Translation Version, it says this, and this is what I want to read to you. It says, 
Commit, this is Proverbs 16.3, the New Living Translation. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Me? Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans. Everybody say plans. plans. Your plans will succeed. Now, how many know that, let me just talk a little bit and then we're done. But let me just talk a little bit about, about SC. I get, can I get like two, three more minutes? Okay. Let me just talk a little bit about SC. So for everybody here who have a ministry of responsibility, your job is not just to just kind of wing it and just kind of hope and pray that things will turn out good. You need to hope and pray, but you've got to plan for success. What kind of plan do you have? Whether you're doing children's ministry, youth ministry, hospitality, worship, media, sound. What kind of plan do you have in order to grow? I, I said this, before, I, want to, I want to say this to you. Some of you might look at me kind of funny, but I'm going to say this. And watch it. We, by the end of this year, I intend this church, you and I together, will grow this church by 50% than what it is right now. You know how we're going to do it? Listen, I did the numbers. I sit there. I sit there, and I'm I, I just looking at, you know, adults that come. We got almost, on a regular basis, almost 30 adults. If you figured that just one person, one, just reach one family, just one. We're not asking one person to go and get five. God bless you if you do. To everybody reach one. Just reach one family. Do you know this thing can turn around? Let me tell you something. And when our church gets bigger, how do we know that we have more capacity to reach more people and change lives around us? How many of you like that? Amen. We can do more because we have more resources. We have more people working. And let me tell you, and the way we're going to do it is we're going to get everybody who comes in our doors. Watch this. They're going to get, we're going to follow up with them. And you, watch this. Those invite, you can have your invite card. Hallelujah. See these invite cards? You write your name on these cards and you hand them out. So whoever you give them to, and they come into these doors, and they say, well, who am I a guest of? And, and, and they say, you know, April gay, then April get credit. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Get credit for just, for, for just reaching out. So these invite cards are great. So, so watch, you're going to, listen, we're going to grow this. We, we can't stay where we are and continue to grow. We have to grow. How I many know we have to grow? So we have to have goals. So everybody going to get plugged into, we want to get everybody, as many as we can, plugged into a life group. You know why? Relationship. And we're going to give everybody a responsibility. We had one sister came in last week, got a couple, said, I want to serve, I want to get involved. Boy, when we hear that, our antenna should go whoop. Because when you get involved, when people get involved, they're saying they want to identify with these people. So by the end of the year, we're going to be 50% more than where we are. Well, well Pastor, what if, what if we don't get there? Well, I guarantee we'd be further along if we didn't have a goal. Amen. We'd be further along than where we are right now. How many know when you have goals, it just, it, people's attitude change? You know what I'm saying? See, when you set goals for your life, your whole way of thinking changes. So that's what we're going to do. If, and, 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 and watch this. And everyone in here, we're going to be better and, and how we do our own personal lives and how we live, planning, strategizing, why? Because the more healthier you are, the healthier we are. Are you tracking with me? Amen. 
So we all got, see, how I many know this is, this is a team. This ministry is going to grow together as a team. I can't separate what you got going on at home and think that some reason what that is there don't have some effect over here. Because at the end, all of us want to see Jesus exalted, and we want to reach as many people as we can for Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm going for it. I'm asking you to go for it with me. Leave here, go to the table, get some cards, pass them out everywhere you go. Amen. And by the end of the year, if everybody is faithful to do this continuously and we can look back at the end of the year and there's some other things to it. And I'll be sharing some some plans that we're going to be having. You know, we'll be sharing some things. But if everybody is faithful to do that, we'll look up one day and we'll all be grateful and we'll all thank God. Because here's the thing. It ain't going to just happen by us just sitting here just saying, Lord, 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 just send them, send them, send them. I mean, no, you got to go. You got to develop a plan. And we got to reach people. We got to love people. We got to reach them. So that means that's, we got to be thinking about it everywhere we go. You go out to dinner, take one of the invite cards, write your name on it, invite them out. That's why I said earlier, leave them a nice tip. Because don't pass them invite cards out and leave somebody a $2 tip. Amen. Bless them real good. Even if they're bad waitresses. I bless people even if they're bad waitresses. And they may not get the very best they could have got. Okay. But because most cases, I'm letting, I'm letting them know I'm a pastor. I'm a man of God. And, uh, and I know you might have had a bad day, so I'm going to give you benefit of the doubt. I'm going to bless you. I think totally different when I go out to eat. My wife would say, how many are you going to give them? Uh, well, you know. They did. I said, well, you know, they had a bad day. You look at them. You see what I'm saying? And we're going to change the world. F Foundation Church is going to change the world. We're world changers, but we got to get better. 